Hi folks, I'm Jamie Hiles. I'm Lydia Judy. And I'm Derek Master. And this is Scream Bloody Movie, the podcast where we review a horror movie each week, go over the horror news, and kind of chitty chat. Chitty, chitty, chat, chat. <laughs> chitty, chitty, boom, boom. How are you guys doing today? <laughs> oh, I'm doing great. Oh yeah, I'm doing excellent. You both look great. Thank you. You do. You look you you look great today. <laughs> Derek, you're wearing a black shirt. Looks it's a Batman shirt even. Yeah. Derek and I are both rocking uh, movie shirts. Oh no. From the 80s. Lydia, yes. you you're not, are you? I have a spider necklace on. Oh, from that famous arachnophobia, I guess. <laughs> yeah, my arachnophobia <laughs> necklace. Oh that yeah. Came out in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> You should get a uh, a John Goodman necklace to wear around. I'd, I'd wear that. Oh, man, a okay. John Goodman necklace? Yeah, him as the exterminator from Arachnophobia. I'll, just put it, I'll put it in a locket. Oh, good. just a picture of him in the locket is what you should <laughs> yes. do. People should open uh, it and they'll see him. Isn't Jeff Daniels in Arachnophobia? Yes, yeah. yes he is. And Julian Sands. We might do that movie someday. That's a, that's a good one. It is a good one. Plays on everybody's one. fears. It's a big one. It was a decent size one when it came out, and uh, it's kind of forgotten these days. I feel like there's so a guys, lot of movies like that that are forgotten. There, I there are, like. and there's some that were big when they came out too. That are just oh yeah. We might we should do an episode on that one day. Um, yeah. just um, big movies that have been forgotten. You know, because there's films that made, you know, like seven hundred million dollars at the box office, and then five years later, nobody even talks about it anymore. So that's interesting. Mm -hmm. But <clears throat> we'll get right into it today because I have some horror news like I do every week for you guys. Um, and we will start with this little ditty here. Um, it's about that so we spent a couple different weeks talking about um, Rob Zombie's uh, Monsters reboot right we we've mentioned this a few different times i remember mentioning it yeah yeah and we had strong opinions right lydia you had strong opinions for sure so uh we're getting some rob zombie has shared some of the costume designs for his reboot to the monsters do you guys want to see them oh, yes please show share me. Those on screen all right let's do a little sharing Sharing yeah, is caring, scary. guys. Yeah, you, you know it. The more you know. <laughs> That's so, uh, G.I. Joe. Yes, it is. So here we go. Here's Lily's outfit here. Okay. Here's Uncle Fester. Sleeping wear, I'm assuming. <laughs> That's what he wears for no, the wait. whole film. Uncle Fester's Adam's family. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, who is this supposed to be? Is this Grandpa, supposed to, no, this is Herman right here. Look. Oh, yeah. Herman sleeping wear. Gotcha. And then we okay. have uh, Lily here. So not, it looks like the, I mean, about that. no, it looks like um, he's, you know, making a uh, Munsters movie. I was kind of afraid that, uh, you know, Herman was going to be living in a trailer park or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> He still might be, but he'll be wearing... Uh, but at least he will look like Herman in Lily. 
so yeah, there's also some other news about that, by the way. Uh, let me find it. It was. Uh, it seems to be that the they are rebuilding the Munster's house per, uh, to replica, like to scale. So they're nice. literally recreating the Munster's house. So this might be a love letter to the Munsters. It might be just a Munsters movie without yeah. some gratuitous sex and violence and uh, you know um, daddy issues and strippers and trailers good that's, so, that's what i want to hear does this give you some relief seeing that lydia does that does that give you guys some relief you first yeah. lydia it does me I'll, I'll never forget um you know when i was younger i grew up watching a lot of uh csi mm -hmm. i'll never forget like one time i just like looked up and it it said like directed by rob zombie like one episode or something mm -hmm. And I, it blew my mind, and I was like, I would have never guessed that he directed this episode. And I don't, can't remember which episode it is now, but um, I was like, you know, he's a talented dude. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely. Can, I think he can he can pull off anything that he wants to. You, Derek, your thoughts. You seem to have some strong opinions here. Yeah, I'm going to go the opposite way, and I hope that I have to eat my words. But... I feel like he's going to screw it up. There's there's going to be a tone or there's something going to be in this movie that he's going to mess up. I also think that The Munsters is one of those uh, titles that is probably best as a sitcom. I just don't know how that plays as a, a single movie. So I, I hope I'm wrong and I'm pleasantly surprised. Um, yeah, that's a good point. I um, They made a couple movies they made the Munsters go home movie in the in the 60s late 60s yeah and they I made a few those. and i like um, them yeah then they made some newer television movies which were not very good yeah um, and i think they tried to reboot it as a series they did uh, as a series yeah it ran for one episode it was it was called mockingbird lane yeah 13 it was, 13 yeah it was no bueno it was no bueno they got a porsche Hey, the yeah. Rosa in it, or mm -hmm. sure did. Helen's wife. Yep. Um, so yeah, that's. Uh, I am kind of in between both of you guys because I feel like I agree with you, Lydia. I think Rob Zombie is incredibly talented. I think he can direct anything. I think he's got a great, wonderful eye. It's just that um, sometimes his stuff. It, I mean, he does his own. He does the, he does his thing. He has his own style for sure, and sometimes yeah. that clashes with the material. As the mesh of John Carpenter and Rob Zombie did not work in Halloween. It did not work for me, at least. I didn't feel like it worked. Um, but Rob Zombie, you know, uh, doing his own thing, Devil's Rejects, uh, House of a Thousand Corpses, um, and um, uh, what's the uh, Lords of Salem? Interesting movies. Um, so I yeah, a I'm a story about uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. What's I that? went to the movies to see that, and I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> so you were a huge fan of that one. Yeah, I mean, I also worked the night shift, but uh, it was not an attention grabber for me, and I totally fell asleep like within the first thirty minutes. <laughs> okay. So Derek, you're not a fan of of that film. I um, think I think like comparing like 
now that I'm thinking about it, because there's Adam's Family and a Monsters thing coming out, and it's yes. like two of my favorite things. Like I watched the Adam's Family today, and like <laughs> which the, like, the the 90s movie? No, uh, the show. Oh, the TV, the old TV show is like mm -hmm. one of my favorite things to watch. Yeah, it's great. And I'm just like maybe you know like my fear that Tim Burton is gonna make it too squeaky clean. Is like maybe where Rob Zombie's strong strong suit's gonna be. Maybe. Um, I don't. I don't know if Tim Burton's making it too squeaky clean's my fear. Is is more just if he's gonna make it too Tim Burton is my biggest fear. Well, yeah. Burtonize it. Yeah, like it would be Burtonized. Um, and that's kind of the fear with with Munsters. Is is he gonna zombify it? And there's gonna be, of course, a degree of that. Uh, when you have a filmmaker with a strong voice, their voice should come through and should be heard and should be felt. Uh, but it's if it's the right marriage for the material, I think, is the question. You know, I've got a pretty decent track record on uh, trailers and knowing how they're going to do. I feel I do. But uh, so I, I think the first trailer for both of those is going to be very telling as to what type of movie they're going to be. So we probably should hold judgment back until they come out. Oh, yeah. I agree. I'm absolutely I'm ready for that. I'm uh, excited to see Derek predict the Nostradamus over here. <laughs> I'm actually the trailer predictor at, uh, at doing it. But uh, we'll have to get I feel like I'm good at that, too. <clears throat> I, I can be. Um, sometimes I get fooled. I mean, I remember... Watching the trailer for um, the Punisher uh, Warzone, and not thinking it looked great, but I was like, "Oh, it looks okay." But then I went and saw it. <laughs> it was not. It was not okay. I think we were one of the only four people in the theater that night. It was <laughs> rough stuff. It's one of the few movies that uh, was bad enough that I, I felt bad about being there. <laughs> The other one was when I, one of my weirdest, let me tell you something real fast. It has nothing to do with horror, but it has to do with movies. One summer, I was bored. I was by myself. None of my friends were around. I couldn't get a hold of anybody. So I decided to go to the movies. And what, there was two movies playing. One was like a definite uh, like romantic comedy that I wasn't really interested in. The other one was a Kevin Costner movie. And I was like, oh, I like Kevin Costner. I'll go see this. The movie was Message in a Bottle, which is a romantic drama starring Kevin Costner. I'm like 13 years old. <laughs> I'm sitting in the theater by my, I think I was the only one in the theater. It was like a matinee show. And I'm sitting there like, what the hell is this? What am I watching? <laughs> that was one of the worst movie experiences I've ever had in my life. That was a bad one. Do you guys have any bad ones? Hmm. It must have muted me. I've got oh, okay. one. <laughs> well, my uh, so I my battery backup died, and so then it cut my mm. mic. Decided to plug it back in. Thought I was going to go seamless, but apparently not. Uh, so I went to see a kid in King Arthur's Court when it came out. 
And not that it was a bad movie. I thought the movie was good, but literally like 20 minutes into the movie, as he's like going down the whale or the well, not the whale, the well. <laughs> your, your Hoosier's coming out. The, the film broke <laughs> back in the day when they had film strips. Uh-huh. You just see it go and rip apart. And uh, we had to have a rain check. That's really the most notable one that I can remember. Yeah. You, Lydia? I saw a hoodwinked. Oh. <laughs> Never heard of you that were, movie. So you were hoodwinked into seeing that one, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, I went with my stepsister. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, I do not like this. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is no bueno. Yeah, and I, well, I mean, I also saw Pet Cemetery too. So. Oh yeah, that one might be the worst one. That's a pretty. That rough was one. pretty bad. I would rather watch Hoodwinked. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, this is interesting. Um, we know that um, there's a new Evil Dead movie filming. We've talked about it, um, and we briefly touched upon a new Evil Dead game coming out, right? Mm-hmm. I remember that. So that we finally have a pretty firm release date for the for the game, which is February of next year. February of 2022, we'll be getting um, our Evil Dead game, which I can't be more excited about. I mean, who doesn't want to play as Ash fighting Deadites? Because I'll tell you, I want to do that. <laughs> yeah, I played the iPhone game. Yeah. I I have all of the console ones from the from back in the day. So, um, uh, did you guys see where somebody donated a really rare game to Goodwill? It was a uh, an Atari game, maybe, or maybe for the original Super Nintendo. It went for au- at auction for eleven thousand dollars. I saw that uh, an unsealed factory sealed copy of Mario sixty four just sold for over a million dollars. Holy. Wow. And I kicked myself for opening my game. I should have just kept it. I mean, now you might have the wherewithal to do that. Yeah, yeah. To, to hold that back, but you know, no. As your kid, you're like, let me play that game. I must play it now. So, um, the I mean, we're gonna try something different here, guys. I've got here a horror quiz that I'm gonna share with you guys, <laughs> and it's the stupidest thing. I came across it. And it was like the worst. If you guys miss these, uh, well, it's terrible, and it's a it, it might it might be detrimental to our show. <laughs> so if we get all of them wrong, if we get all of them wrong, it might be detrimental to our cred. No uh, pressure. No, no pressure, guys. No pressure. Okay. Are we but, a team or are we against each other? No, we'll be as a team. We'll okay. be as a team, and we'll all consensus. Right. Consensus will win. It's called Only Hardcore Fans Can Name These Horror Movie Icons. Yes. You guys okay. scared yet? I'm nope. excited. All right. Let's start with All right. <clears throat> Let's start with this one. No. Who is this guy wearing a William Shatner mask? I was going to say William Shatner, but... Uh, I'm is it Dr. Wynn, Michael Myers, Sam Loomis, or Peter... Peter Myers! Peter Myers. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think it's Michael Myers. Okay, uh, Lydia, I'll go with your gut on this one. That's correct. <laughs> so who's this Jack Nicholson that was the caretaker of the Overlook Hotel? I'm going to say that is a Torrance. Looks like a Torrance to me. 
Does it? Now, is it a Danny Torrance or is it a Jack Torrance? Oh, it's a... Oh, I guess there are two. Yeah, no, that's Jack. Danny's a son. Okay, I'm going with your gut on this one, Derek. That's a tough one. Hey, man. Oh, right. Pumpkinhead. What? Hang on. So close. Having a meltdown. All right. A necromorph? Is this a necromorph? The Navi? A xenomorph or ET? It, it's the alien from Aliens. Uh, what is it, guys? It's an X. Xenomorph. It is a xenomorph. You are correct. I said X. Whatever. Who is this Anthony Hopkins? <laughs> Serial killer. What is this guy's name? Is Nathan it... Berger? I'm wanting to say it's Paul Crindler. Paul <laughs> Crindler. <laughs> Who sounds like he does my taxes. Paul Crindler. Actually, my uh, accountant is named Paul. Oh, see? Hannibal Lecter. We're going to go with that Hannibal. one. Hannibal. Who is this machete toting killer? He's wearing a hockey mask. He totes machetes. Steroids? Is it Crazy Ralph? <laughs> oh my God. Is it Ned Rubenstein? <laughs> did, any, did you guys even get my reference? What, what did, did you, you say? say? I said Wayne Gretzky on steroids. Oh, yeah. Casey Jones? Anyway. Mm-hmm. Team Team uh, NT. I'm catching it. I feel like no, your mic. Is... I feel like your mic is quiet. Yeah, it is quiet. Is That's a better? good thing for us. There you go. <laughs> okay, Jason Voorhees. Who is this evil clown? Is it Bozo, Krusty, Captain <laughs> Spaulding, or Pennywise? Hmm. At least those okay. are all clowns. At least it, those are all yeah. clowns. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's good news. I think okay. today. I think today is um, um, clown day. No, uh, Captain Spaulding. Oh, I love that. Jeffrey Epstein. Birthday? Yes, it's his birthday. What is the name of this leader of the Cenobites? Is it is that Butterball? Butterball is a Cenobite, <laughs> at least. Uh, Nailhead. Would, Nailhead is probably who I would think it would be. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Pinhead on that one. Who is taking this quiz? Yeah. And who, like, it's like only the true horror fans can get this one. These are the simplest horror questions. Moaning Myrtle. Moaning (laughs) Myrtle. Who is this creepy girl? It's it's the girl from the ring. Is it Moaning Myrtle? Gengar. (laughs) The woman in black or Samara Morgan? Oh, it's Samara. It is Samara. I don't know. It might be Gengar. Gengar is a fucking the Pokemon. Fisherman. What the? It's, okay, so the, the killer collector. from Scream is his name, the Fisherman, the Skull Collector, <laughs> the Woodsboro Ripper, or Ghostface. The Woodsboro Ripper is not bad. I mean, that's, that's like kind least... of a cool name. Yeah, that would have been a, a good name for the character in Stab. Uh, yeah. I don't know what uh, he's called, but it's Ghostface. Yeah, but this is Ghostface. Uh, are you sure it's not the Skull Collector? <laughs> Might be. I wish it were the Skull Collector. Ooh. Ah, finally, means... a, uh, a difficult one here. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. From Reanimator. What is the name of this arrogant and lustful doctor? Is it Dr. Frick... Frickin... Dr. Victor <laughs> Frankenstein, Dr. Carl Hill, Dr. Wellington Yu, or Dr. Mark Hall? I'm not going to lie to you. I would have gotten this one wrong. I know that's not the first one. Do you know what it is, Lydia? No, I don't. Do you have a guess? Dang. I would say it's uh, Mark Hall. You think Mark Hall? 
Yeah, you were hovering above Dr. Uh, I think it's Carl. Dr. Hill. It is. <laughs> I knew the answer. <laughs> Who's this wealthy Wall Street banker? It's Christian Bale talking about the virtues of Huey Lewis in the news. Yeah. Is yeah, this Patrick right. Bateman, Jordan Belfort, Paul Allen, or Timothy Bryce? Timothy Bryce. I'll go with option number A, Bob. Patrick Bateman, that is correct. Ooh, this is a toughie. He has a, 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 a human face mask and he's carrying a chainsaw. The is he the lumberjack, the butcher, Leatherface, or Skin, skin Flare? Jesus oh, Christ. Skin I don't Flare. Know made this quiz, but they really missed an opportunity on number one. It should be the lumberjack man. Yeah, it should have been. Which um, is an actual movie, by the way. Yes, it was a killer. Not a good one. Not a good one. Leatherface. Who's this mom of good movies is? It's uh, Anthony Perkins. Is he Jeffrey Bates? Jason Jason Bateman? <laughs> James Bates or Norman Bates? Norman, Norman Bates his own hook. Who is this demonic entity from The Exorcist? Is it Osmotesis, Pazuzu, Incubus, or Nickelback? <laughs> <laughs> Nickelback. Oh my gosh. Is this, that would uh, be Pazuzu. Pazuzu. It would yeah, be so. You are correct. I never noticed how fake those teeth look until we see a still image of it. That is, they look great. Uh, That's Halloween anybody, city style. Does anybody get a, um, uh, oh my gosh, I can't believe I have Christopher Walken vibe from that guy? Where, Maybe. What's the name of this scientist from the fly? Is it James Brundle? Seth Brundle, Martin Brundle, or Jeff Brundle? Dang, I don't know. I think it's Martin. You think it's Martin? What do you think it is, Lydia? Mm. Well, I really want to say Jeff. Because <laughs> it's Jeff Goldblum? Yeah. I will say it's Seth Brundle because it is. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've seen that one. Yeah. What is the name of this scary doll from The Conjuring? Is it Blythe? Dolphy, Lady Lovely Locks, or Annabelle. Those are the worst names. <laughs> Lady Lovely Locks. The scariest of all. Lady Lovely Locks. So obviously, this is Annabelle, Annabelle. right? Yeah. yeah. Who is this dream obsessed killer? <laughs> He's is so it, dreamy. Is it? He is dreamy. Is it Glenn Lance, Edward Scissorhands, Freddy <laughs> Krueger, or Donald Thompson? Should have been Donald Trump, but uh, <laughs> that would be Mr. Kruger. It would be Mr. Kruger. <clears throat> Who is this lovely lady? It is uh, Kathy Bates from uh, Misery. Mm -hmm. Is it Vicki Stanton, Carrie yeah, yeah. White, Annie yeah. Wilkes, or Beverly Marsh? Oh, it's it's. Amy. I know, I know this one. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> what is it, Lydia? <laughs> Annie. It is Annie Wilkes. Such a good movie. It's a great movie, yeah. Who is this killer from Saul? Is it Joe Rubik's Cube Jones? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. John Jigsaw Killer Kramer. Ah. Jason Voodoo Doll Jameson. Or Josh Playmobil Tyler. <laughs> what? 
Oh my god! I love Rubik's Cube Jones. I think yeah, that's yeah, that Can is, somebody that's, that's make that hilarious. movie, please? Yes, Rubik. We're gonna write it next week. Rubik's Cube Jones. Um. So obviously it's Jigsaw. Yeah. Jigsaw. Who is this uh, urban legend with a hook? Is his name Sweet Tooth, <laughs> the Red Hook, Sugar Red Daddy, Daddy. <laughs> or Candyman? Oh my gosh. That's candy. Candy man. Ooh, here we get to this one's harder. Who is the surgeon from um, Human Centipede? Is it Dr. Wolf McFarlane, Joseph Heiter, Dr. Zagaivo, or Dr. Charles Burton? Is it uh, Joseph? I, Lydia, do you have an idea? No, I don't. I think it is. Yeah, it is. What's the name of this terrifying doll from the Child's Play movie? Is it Rocky, Brody, Cody, or Chucky? I love Brody. Brody, <laughs> like, the creepy got a doll. Name. Yeah, it sounds like a creepy doll. That's obviously Chucky. Yeah, it would be great if the next one was uh, Charles Lee Ray. What's the name of this doll-go? Is it Cujo, Beethoven, Bingo, or Shadow? Oh, I love Shadow. Yeah. Homeward Bound? Yes. Yep. Obviously, this Cujo. is Cujo. Who is this loving mother? Is it Mrs. Brown, Mrs. Jones, Mrs. White, or Mrs. Fletcher? From the classic Brian De Palma film, Carrie. Carrie. Yeah. Do you guys so remember what was her last? Carrie's last name? Last I think it was White, White right? It, yes, it is. <laughs> oh, this one. Ooh, this one I don't remember. I think it's that B. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> who's the scientist from Event Horizon? Is it Dr. William Weir, Dr. Leonard McCoy, Dr. Blair, Dr. John Spivey? It is not Leonard McCoy. You don't know that. They're in space. <laughs> I'm going to say Dr. Weir. What do you guys think? Uh, I, I Dr. Weir or Dr. Spivey? It is between one of those two. Uh, let's go with Weir. I'm pretty sure it's Weir. Boom! We are Randy! 25 nice. out of 25! That's hilarious. <laughs> that was probably the hardest quiz I've ever had to take in my life. That was, uh, the, uh, the guy from Star Trek, right? Who? Leonard McCoy? Yeah. Yeah, it's Bones. Oh, <laughs> uh, darn, I thought it was the, uh, engineer guy. No, he was still in space, but yeah, so I, yeah. I feel like that was a real hard one. So, you guys feel good about yourselves and your horror cred by topping that? Uh, without you guys, I would have missed uh, two of those. Yeah, I would have missed a couple. I would not have. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that, that last one, Weird, was the only one that was even tough because I haven't seen Event Horizon in a long time. Yeah, Man, I'm not good with names. It yeah, it depends. Recently. I'm not good with names on the movie that we are discussing tonight. I hope you guys wrote them down. Because <laughs> no, no. I sure as heck didn't. I mean, I know certain of their names, but... I wrote down one name. <laughs> Did you? Yep. That's as far as I got. I got to one name, and I was like, yeah, I, I give up with names. Good enough, man. 
I think I, I have. That's why I'm bad with names. Two names. I give people like nicknames, like I do too. And we'll get to, guy. We'll get to these nicknames that I have for some of these characters here momentarily. <laughs> I just want to. I just got to bring up uh, my favorite nickname I've ever given anyone in a movie, which was the uh, plumber cook in the Blob. <laughs> plumber cook is a good one. He's a very important character. He has a great death scene too, which yeah. is something we'll discuss about this film also. Today's movie, if you haven't read the title of the podcast you're listening to, is 1989's Puppet Master, produced by Charles Band in Full Moon, uh, directed by David Schmoller, and written by uh, David Schmoller as well. He wrote it under a pseudonym. Um, so, guys, have you guys seen Puppet Master before this viewing? Yes. Derek? You're muted again, bro. Bro. It's all the, it's all the burping, man. It's, uh, <laughs> I'm trying You're giving to away our secrets. Here. I know. Well, I mean, I keep messing it up, so I'll well tell you the reason why. Uh, I haven't seen this movie since I was a kid. No, it's so. been mid-90s since I've seen this movie, for sure. Yeah. Easily the mid-90s. I think that we uh, do remember getting the uh, like every summer for a week you'd get like a, a mm -hmm. free um, like premium channel like yeah Showtime Showtime Cinemax yep the old cable thing oh mm -hmm. yeah there's what's available and we'll I throw these to the pores and see if they want to see if they yeah. want to <laughs> sign up exactly and us <laughs> poor people were like get your VCRs ready Ethel <laughs> yes <laughs> that is true <laughs> so uh, true. But I remember watching this on uh, Showtime, for sure. So we have a lot to talk about this movie. Um, we do. Let's start with the opening scene of Charles Band's magnum opus, Puppet Master, since there are like 15 of these fucking things. <laughs> so <laughs> this is yeah. the start of a very lucrative franchise. Um, so I the would movie... love to know what they've made over the course of the, the franchise. Since I've got so many of these things. Oh, I'm, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, the budget seemed like they're about ten dollars on the later ones, so they're probably raking in a pretty good profit. So uh, this movie opens uh, with the title sequence, um, and I really enjoyed the title sequence of this movie. I, I think it has that. a really cool. I think I really like the score to this movie. Mm -hmm. I think it has a really cool little catchy. Uh, instrumental and i like the the shots of the puppets were really creepy and set a pretty good tone what do you guys think uh agree on all accounts yeah i kind of liked the beginning too except for the the puppet like breathing sounds <laughs> i feel uh, like that uh that gave him like a character of life it kind of does and i'm yeah. I'm kind of like, I'm just on the fence with this movie. Like, I really don't know how I'm going to, how, like, I haven't even decided, like, how I'm going to What, you're going to rate it yet? Yeah. I kind of have an idea, but I'm with you on certain things. For sure. Um, the opening, after, after the opening credits, we get this, uh, basically, a 10-minute short film is the best mm -hmm. way to describe it. And I think the first 10 minutes of this movie are fantastic. Yeah. 
I absolutely love the first 10 minutes of this movie. I love the little POV shots of Blade. You see him kind of running around. Um, and of course, it's kind of hokey when he's poking around stuff, but that's part of the charm of it. Um, and we have these Nazis, essentially, coming to kill Andre Talon because he has discovered he's a puppet master. Mm-hmm. And we know that he has, in the future, has escaped Nazis and, and, and killed a bunch of them, we find out later. Um, but he, he it creates a new puppet, the face-changing guy. Mm-hmm. And Jester, re- I think. Jester. Yeah, Jester. And creates, breathes life into him, basically, by <sighs> saying the world's Greatest incarnation, right there. Oh my God, that is, uh, they're like, hey, just make something up on the fly. <laughs> we'll go with it. It's pretty terrible. So yeah, he's like, you are alive. Brings you alive. And then Jester's like, so we have this, while the Nazis are heading up, we have Blade trying to track them, you know, trying to beat them to the room. And we start to get glimpses of him. Then we get this great shot of a woman finally seeing him. And she screams at him. And he raises yeah. his arm and screams back at her. Ah! And we realize at that point that he has a hook on one hand and a knife on the other. And he, ah! And then runs in and, uh, you know, Talon, uh, Talon. How, do you, how do you pronounce his last name? Andre Talon, right? You're doing, you're doing good. It's um, Toulon. Toulon, Andre Toulon. So Toulon uh, puts them in the in the cage and buries them in the wall and then shoots himself. By the way, this takes place in 1939. And then we fast forward to the future. And this is where things get a little hinky. <laughs> a little. Because that first 10 minutes, if the movie was anything like those first 10 minutes, it would have been upper echelon horror movie, I feel like, because it's just so, that first 10 minutes is so tight and good and interesting and well shot. I think it was well shot and well lit. Um, Then we get to present day and this is where it gets, uh, this is where it gets great. Uh, We get introduced immediately to our hero, which is one of the most useless heroes in horror movie history. 100%. Alex. He's got the hairdo of a. Uh, <laughs> I call him something. My nickname for Alex is Beethoven hair. Beethoven hair. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that hair is like. As soon as I saw him, I wrote down on my notes Beethoven hair with like five exclamation points. <laughs> <laughs> so, appropriate. while we're talking about Beethoven hair, what do you guys think of him throughout this movie? Good. I don't. I don't think you don't, him. yeah. <laughs> He's such a weak character. I mean, both physically, but also his screen presence. Like, uh, you know, I, yeah, very weak. Did not enjoy his uh, performance. I can't believe he was. It's like they got some guy's dad to be in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what it feels like. Yeah. Uh, Bob, it- I need you over here. It's not the actor necessarily, even only him. It's the character, the way the character's written is just flat. Yeah. Like he's supposed True. to be like the Neil Gordon, you know, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, you have Neil Gordon as as your male lead who kind of is just uncovering things and kind of 
relaying plot information. Uh, he tries to be that because there's a whole exposition dump that I'll get to in the middle of this movie. Um, but he's just like he he's having these dreams, which, by the way, the psychic dreams that he is having kind of doesn't really come into play at the end at all. Um, it does a little, but it also doesn't. Um, yeah, it was very vague. So he's having these psychic dreams about this random room and whatever, and he has leech, leeches on his body, which does come back, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we cut to our other, um, one of our other psychics, Dana, yeah. who I call Eyebrow Woman. Eyebrow. What's he call her in the movie? It's uh, the White Witch. The White Witch. Yeah. So the White Witch always acts with her right eyebrow. It's always up. And her yeah, southern accent. That's it, Lydia. Say something so you can so they can see. Something. Yeah. Is it, is it gonna it's not gonna go to me now? There we go. <laughs> I was like, I could play this part. You could play that part. You would have killed that part. Yeah, I don't think. You would have said things like, Well, he never cared for anybody but himself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did anybody get a Blanche Devereaux vibe from her? Dude, definitely got a Blanche Devereaux. I thought for sure she was going to like, I mean, she's even like elite, like a lech. She's all like, come yeah. here, Beethoven hair. Let's get it yeah. on. Would you like a nightcap? <laughs> oh, my God. No, I wouldn't, Doc Holliday. Go, go away. <laughs> uh, I had to uh, rewind it, by the way, because the, uh, like the opening Nazis... Because I I also tried to switch it to subtitles to see if it would translate what they were actually saying. Yeah, it, it did not do that. But, yeah, it uh, just says German. Yeah, <clears throat> I thought for sure that one of the guys was uh, James Masters. Oh, played yeah. Spike. Yeah, yeah, Definitely it was not. not. No, but he uh, kind of had a look to him. But anyway, so when we're introduced to her character, she's doing really bad psychic readings, and we get an appearance by the amazing Barbara Crampton. Yeah. And so I wrote my notes, Barbara Crampton, with about five hearts, because that was the best actor in this whole movie, was Barbara Crampton's, like, minute and a half of screen time talking about her deadbeat boyfriend. Yeah. It's like, oh, he never graduated the 10th grade. He's like, chewing some gum. Yeah, that was a good scene. <laughs> great scene. Great introduction to her character, especially since she keeps screwing up everything. And she's like, my grandma's, my grandma's been dead. Oh, I'm sorry. It was your grandma. <laughs> and he's like chewing his gum, not yeah. doing his shit. And she's yeah, like, he doesn't, he doesn't I'm care so sorry. Yeah. So I, uh, not having seen this movie since the early to mid 90s, uh, when she has her premonition, I made a note. I was like, does everybody have premonitions in this movie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry, I'm choking. <laughs> I felt the same way. Like, I was like, yeah, what? It, it was so confusing at the beginning. It was confusing. For sure. Yeah, it was and like Jamie Premonition City. Oh my god. Okay? I was taking a drink of water when you said that. It went down the wrong pipe. Yeah, no everybody uh, <clears throat> like Premonition City in this in this place. Yeah. Because yeah. it opens, yeah, it opens with Beethoven hair having a premonition, then her having a premonition. You're like, what is going on? And then um you know, we're introduced to he like there's this weird scene where he's on the phone and he's talking to people and you're just kind of lost and what the hell's going on. Starts to kind of get into like the 
oh, this is a re, you know, we're working on a, re, you know, doing some research of some kind. It's not real. It's very vague. And then we jump to uh, the hotel that we were at at the beginning in modern times. Oh wait, wait, wait. We got to uh, we got to go over the uh, the two doctors ponytail guy Steven Seagal and uh, his wife or girlfriend. Yeah, we get into we get into them at the hotel. That's when we're introduced to them. Well, we're, we're first. The reason I bring it up is because man, that experiment that they're oh. <laughs> Conducting. Yes. <laughs> yes. I like that? Yeah, the experiment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy is such a perv. He's like, ooh, she's creative. Ooh. Yeah. What, what was Riding the point of that? There was trying to do a psychic read of this girl. Have it like she's supposed to have a, a memory of like a sexual encounter, and then they're going to interpret it. Yeah, well, but why? Yeah, it's good question. Because my. <laughs> My uh, notation was that experiment is something else. <laughs> Dude, and Ponytail himself is special. Dude, he is. He's yeah. just like the like creepiest guy you could possibly get to play. Like they cast him well because that guy is fucking creepy. Yeah, no, he was well cast. He... And then, yeah, that yeah. Then we go. Then we go to the hotel, and all of them are introduced together. And we're introduced to um, what was the villain's name? Um. Uh, man, it was. Uh, I didn't write that down. Neil Neil Gallagher. Yeah. Gallagher, yeah. So we're introduced to his wife, Megan, and she's like, "Oh, you guys don't know why you've been invited here? I thought you knew." Neil's dead. So we cut to this mausoleum, essentially, in the middle of their house, and he's just laying. First of all, would not have him laying in the middle of my house. Well, Why not? Hotel. Yeah, that's also a converted. That's a hotel that's closed at the moment. He's just laying there, and then they. Um, He's in a casket, you know, with the viewing kind so of. So they do like a. They have like this weird little dialogue. Uh, Beethoven and um, the wife leave, so it's the three psychics that are that stay behind, mm-hmm. and they jabbing with a. What is that? A a hat, it's a hat pin. Yeah, like a brooch a almost, pin. right? And well, and it seems like he's got a history. I mean, obviously he has a history with these folks. He had brought them together and formed this group. But, like, uh, I think right off the bat, they're just letting you know what kind of character he has. If she's going to try to stick a pin through him, through his yeah, chest, see if he's even dead. He doesn't <laughs> trust him. Yeah. No, they know he's bad news. Which and they know I was he's like, a liar. I was like, why would you stab him through the heart, though? Because if he wasn't dead... You just killed him. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was probably his lung. Like, <laughs> I think it was more like his lung area. But, like, that's you, not a good thing to just puncture. No, you could have done it on his arm or shoulder. It's If it yeah. hurt him, he would woke up if he was alive, you yeah. know? Yeah. You know? Ah! You wouldn't be like, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Just keep, just keep going. So, that scene happens, and it's weird. <laughs> By the way, you might as well add his uh, his death to the death count in this movie because it was off screen, which is most of them. Yes, yes, we'll we'll get to the kills. So we're gonna have a sub segment for the kills here in a minute. So, um, what's weird about this is we get a lot of just exposition dumping for like the middle part of this movie. This movie is really weirdly paced. I feel like, yeah, and I think that's one of the my biggest knocks on it is the pacing. Yeah. So we get that really great opening. Then we get like 
25 minutes of just plot setup. We get we get uh, Ponytail and his uh, uh, partner on the elevator <laughs> with, mm -hmm. the, with the old woman, and he's like, she's envisioning uh, Gallagher raping a woman in the elevator. Yeah. And the, the caretaker says, oh, don't tell his wife about that. What? <laughs> well, this was the 80s. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Terrible. I know. So, she gets what's coming to her. She does. So, uh, which we'll just, we have a dinner scene we'll get through real fast. We have this di dinner scene yeah. where they're all kind of gathered around. And um, that's where we start to kind of get bits and pieces of their their characterization. We see that like uh, Beethoven is really like reserved. We see that ponytail guy. That's all he thinks about is doing it. Um, I mean, they like have this scene. Where, is she in the bathtub before the dinner or after the dinner? After the dinner. Okay. So they have the dinner, and sh we see that they're 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 their own thing. And then, of course, Blanche, Blanche Devereaux eyebrow is just like. Bitching up the whole place, essentially. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she really did. She goes on a tear, doesn't she? She does. She makes the the wife leave, the widow. And also, it's... I think it is quite rude that she did not invite her dog to dinner. It could have kept <laughs> politely next to her. Yes, that we forgot to mention that. She does carry around a dead... Fucking a dead dog. Taxidermy dog. I'm pretty sure whenever she's in the hotel room, she like tries to get out a feeding bowl for it. She does. The caretaker is actually watching through a uh, the keyhole, keyhole, and sees it and is like, uh, "Okay, yeah, that's that's weird." Um. So while they're talking, we get um. After after their fight, basically, the the wife storms out. Um, no, nobody storms in this movie. They yeah, leisurely walk out of the area. So she <laughs> leisurely walks out. I do and, think she said, excuse me, though. Yeah, and then um, Beethoven's like, you're really something, you. And then, like, boringly walks out of the room. Yeah. yeah. And uh, delivers this exposition dump. Like, basically tells them, I have visions. I see things. Oh, yeah. Ponytail. Uh, has visions. His wife can witness sex things, essentially. Well, I, I think it's... I, it's I mean, touch that, memory. Yeah, yeah touch. She, it, yeah, yeah, exactly. But, but uh, it's, throughout this whole movie, it's literally just... It does come across. Sex guys. memories. It's not yeah. like... Never like, oh, man, I feel like Johnny lost his dog in this area. It's... Yeah. Johnny was masturbating furiously to Thundercats. <laughs> just like... Everything is sex with this person and this and this woman. And she, they, just, she just picks it all up because she's like super horny all the time. So she just yeah. like focuses in on that stuff. Oh yeah, she's incredibly horny this whole time. She's like horn city. Yeah. But, like even the what guy, does, uh, even he her, refer like, to her ponytail guy is like over it. <laughs> yeah. Even point, ponytail. Yeah. Even the perb ponytail guy's like, all right, calm yourself down, Brenda. Uh <laughs> We have work to do. Later on, Wait we'll do an experiment, but until now. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. Did you say Clark Gable had sex in this bed? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? Randomly. So they, each are get, 
So about 38 minutes, I, I looked at the time code, about 38 minutes into this movie, we get our first kill. It's not even a kill, actually. It's uh, an, an unconsciousness because we see our first puppet crawl out, which is Pinhead, the puppet with the big, big hands and tiny head. Yeah. yeah. He crawls out from the, uh, the coffin and he stalks the caretaker. Mm-hmm. And they do like a little scare with the piano or whatever. And then he finally, and there's the fire poker laying there. And you're like, oh, is he going to like jam it through her? Is he, you know, is he going to catch it on fire? And then, no, he hits her with it off screen and we see blood splatter. Yeah. Which I do think that she dies because her next appearance is at the end of the movie. <clears throat> and she was also warned about the fireplace. But what I'm curious about, she appears in the movie at the end. Now, is she reanimated when she appears at the end? I think or she is. Or is that supposed to be implied that she's reanimated? Or did she I, just wake up? I interpreted it as that because she was then on hit of, on Gallagher's side, it seemed, because she was blocking one of the exits. But she says, um, don't touch the body or something weird. Yeah. Yeah, that's before. Uh, no, she says that at the end, too. Was that in the dream? Or No, it was at, at the, the end. Dream. Yeah. Okay. She oh, says that when she, yeah, when she blocks the, the hallway, she says, oh, and, don't and touch think, the body. Yeah, because, well, that was one of the things she had said to the, the mm-hmm. group. When, that's when she says, yeah. yeah. Right before they punctured a lung. So it's yeah. just very, very unclear. But I'm. Yeah. We're gonna say 38 minutes is when the first kill happens. Okay. Like literally, when when she got hit with that poker, I was like, "She's dead." And they were like, "Oh, she's just uh, knocked out." And I was like, "She's dead." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I refuse that. That. I statement. don't believe your logic. Do they say she's knocked out? Is that what they say? I I thought I heard they said she was like unconscious. unconscious. Right. She was missing. Because the next uh, like reference to her, they're like, "Oh, well, where is uh, where is she?" And he's like, "We yeah. can't find her. She's missing." Okay, so she was it's knocked bad. out, moved her, and then she went missing. Yeah, yeah it's I, bad I, whenever you don't know if somebody died or not. Yeah, it's very <laughs> yeah. unclear. Not very I was, good. I was just like, "Yeah, she's dead." End of that. So then we get a few more minutes of just pointless scenes, essentially. Right? Mm-hmm. We have. Um, what's her face putting like blessing all the rooms oh yeah yeah back to the white witch white witch is blessing all the rooms and then um, Beethoven hair is like kind of wandering the hotel and he's like yeah. oh I see you're blessing these rooms and then um, it's just a bunch of like padding for a while I feel like yeah well hey uh, her blessing the rooms because she does take a uh, chicken foot. <laughs> Rub it on his hand. And he survives, so maybe she should have done that to herself. Maybe she should have done it to herself, yeah. But instead, what she does is she just kind of uh, wanders some more. Like She just kind of disappears. We don't see her for a while. Then we cut back to uh, our perv couple, and they're trying one of their new experiments to try to connect with Noah. Or, not Noah, Neil. Try to connect with Neil. Yeah. And through sex because that's what this couple does hey some people have a gift <clears throat> they do some people don't so we get an incredibly disturbing scene where we have to see ponytail without his shirt on 
And That's he gets real sweaty. Thing. That's what's disturbing is he's sweaty and he's shirtless. <laughs> and he's tied up to the bed. She ties him up and blindfolds him. And we, we hear him having sex. And we cut back a couple times and she's just like riding on top of him. With a yeah. blanket like obviously mm. between them. Yes. And yeah. she's wearing like a like a see-through nighty. Yeah. And she's just like riding. They're, they're, they're doing their thing. And then she... <laughs> You know, so that's when we get uh, Alex, who's Beethoven, walk walk by and see the White Witch again, and she's like, "Hey, you wanna? Maybe we can knock the walls off together." And he's like, uh, "He's like visibly disgusted. It's hilarious." He's like, uh, "No, no, yeah, good." He's like, "It's not like she's hideous, man. Have you seen yourself?" Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think he's just put off by like her her area. being a terrible person. Yeah. yeah, I think so too. He's like, oh no, no thanks. <laughs> of course, that's why. But it's like it's hilarious when he the way he repulses. Oh, yeah. And she's like, well, it looks like it's you and me tonight. She walks into her room, and fucking Neil's just sitting in the in the chair. Yeah. yeah. And she nonchalantly says. Oh, yeah. I see you're moving. Let me shake these maracas at you. So she As one would do. She shakes Dude, maracas. He looks creepy. Like, he had a smile. Like, he's dead. He's sitting in the chair with a smile on his face. Like, that, would, that was pretty creepy to me. Yeah. And it just immediately undercut by her shaking maracas at the body to, like... She's fearless. Relieve the curse... So then, instead of like a normal person, like if even if we were white witches and we had had this, you know, the power and whatever, if we walked into a room and our supposedly dead friend is sitting up in a chair, we wouldn't just nonchalantly be like, okay, we're gonna, and then just leaving sitting there, I'd be like, mm. nope, let's go to the next room, let's let's tell somebody that this yeah. is going on. And in all honesty, I now question her ability as a psychic. Yeah, she did not see that coming. Yeah. So, of course, uh, she's attacked by the puppets. And we get our first introduction to um, the drill puppet, right? No, that's... Uh, no, no. Who do we... Who, no, it's, it's Pinhead. Uh, again. It's, Pinhead it's Pinhead and, and Blade. And Blade. So, Pinhead, you know, like, trips her. And apparently when he does it, he, like, breaks her calf. Dude, yeah. the amount of trips in this movie. Because they're so low to the ground. Falls, like, so, I don't know. They don't even fall hard. They're just, like, they just fall. They just keep falling anytime yeah. somebody touches their leg. Yeah, in this one, he, like, trips her onto the bed and I guess somehow, like. Massages her calf. To massages her, to her calf and it, like, is, like, busted training. open or something. So she can't walk. So she's like crawling. Yeah. And so she has like a, a decent, decent little chase scene where they're chasing her. The puppets are. I, I like the puppet animation. I do too. And I really think the way they animated the puppets look great. Still. I I think Pinhead is like actually really terrifying. Yeah, he is. He's kind of unsettling because he has like human real hands, real human hands. Yeah. And it's creepy. Yeah. Creepy. I feel like they spent their entire budget on 
location, the puppets, the animation, and then they're like, ah, we really don't have anything left for these death scenes. Yeah. We're going to make it most of them off screen. And then Which is what we're going to get into now when yeah. she actually finally dies. He chases her into the comp- or into the elevator. Yeah. Blade drops from the top, which can I just say, we'll talk about it later. So Blade drops from the top and he slices her neck. Yeah. Like throat slit. And it is a terrible throat slit. You don't yeah. see it. She covers her. She covers it the whole time. Yeah. It's basically might as well have been an off-screen death. I think that and in her vision she was like picturing like I thought she was like being strangled. Mm-hmm. So they should have just left it at her being strangled by Pinhead. Yeah. I know, because it's perfect. He's got yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. And you wouldn't have had to like waste her time with doing makeup effects and not even show them. So yeah. you know, just, just strangle and that would have been terrifying enough. Yeah. And it would have tied into the story that you wrote. But, so, she's dead. Then we cut back to our couple bumpin' uglies, and Beethoven Hare is just not having a good time with this. No. He's super upset. He's trying to cover his head constantly about them. He, he's like, give it a rest, will ya? <laughs> and uh, they finally... Uh, uh, the drillhead walks into. Yeah, she... Uh... His, his name is Tunneler. Tunneler. Okay, so Tunneler walks into the room. She looks and she sees that the door is open, but she doesn't see him anywhere. And she hears something under the bed, so she drops down. And this is the most disappointing kill of all of them. Yeah. Because it's set up to this great kill. She sees him under the bed. He starts his drill. And then we cut away, and we just hear the drill sound. Yeah, we see her red hand. Come yeah. up and grab the the, the bed to bed sheet. Yeah. I'm no, kinda it's... glad it didn't show it because I didn't want to see it. <laughs> I wanted to see all I of it. How, I how about you, Derek? That puppet killing people. For I watched sure. this at like midnight last night, right before I was going to bed, and I was like, this movie better not give me nightmares. <laughs> oh. So I was like relieved every time it didn't show it. <laughs> I was beyond disappointed every time. Yeah. How about me you too. Derek? No, me too. The uh, gore hound in me was like, this is terrible. Yeah. yeah. If I had popcorn, I would have thrown it at my TV. Boom. <laughs> and I mean, that's it's unfortunate because it's a creative kill idea. You know, it's a cre- yeah. good idea, and we just don't get to see it. Well, and, and then mean, some of these puppets are genuinely scary. Mm-hmm. Like, I think yeah. Blade is the scariest looking of them all. Yeah, he is. And he at is one very point, scary. I'm pretty sure that when he slices her throat, it shows uh, one of the scenes that he slices something and like his blade is completely clean. Oh, dude! Oh. Yeah, there's a. Uh, it's after he kills her in the elevator. There's a great shot of the blade in front of his face, and yeah. it's a wonderful shot of like, oh man, that that's great. There's a lot of really good shots in this movie, a lot mm-hmm. of really good cinematography and shot choices that are done in this. Um, so then we get the most. <laughs> bizarre kill of them all which is when the leech woman yes i hate her yeah i hate this this whole scene because first of all it's weird and creepy and then on top of it we have ponytail with his shirt off getting his nipple bit by a puppet 
Yeah. He's he's all into that. He's into he's like now once she introduces the leech, he's like, Oh, this this is starting to hurt. Yeah, this hurt. Stop it. And then he sees her. Which you wouldn't even feel, I feel like. He like would you not don't feel, feel when a leech is on you. Yeah. No, that's why people don't know they have them on them until they see them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's um <laughs> odd. So what what is she what are these leeches? Because first of all, why does this puppet just spit leeches out? What the hell is that? It's so gross. And secondly, secondly, like what is that death? Like did she just get sucked out? Did he get, get his blood drained by these leeches? How long were they sucking on him? Yeah, I don't think they actually finished that uh, that kill through. Did no. they not? We just no, cut. It cuts away to the hotel and you hear him go, oh. Yeah, he just screams. Exterior shot, scream. Yeah. Maybe he was scared to death. Yeah, that, I Maybe. Mean, that would get me. Although I will say it's hilarious that when Blade is looking through the keyhole at the uh, the couple doing it, the like yes. spikes come out and he goes, oh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One of my favorite bits. He looks in one room and he's like, ah, moves to the next one. Yeah. With a chair. He takes a chair and climbs up it and looks in the, in the keyhole. All of Blade's POV stuff in this uh, movie is great. I yeah. love it. Yeah. I agree. So then we get to the final. So basically everybody's dead except for Beethoven Hare. And the wife. So we know we're down to our final two. And I looked at, I was like, I checked the time and it had like 25 minutes left. And I was like, what the hell are they going to do with 25 minutes with just these two? Well, well, the answer is a doozy. It is multiple dream sequences. Yeah. Yeah. Where he that don't pay off. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, multiple exactly. I mean, so we have a, in the sense that he gets to finish one of her sentences. <laughs> yeah, because that is so bizarre. That is so bizarre. He has the dream sequence of it happening. He has the dream sequence of it happening again. Then when you're like, okay, so in the one dream sequence, she basically turns on him, and you know, is Gallagher's introduced and he shoots her, and then he shoots him. And then in the so it plays out the same, and he's like, "Yo, let me get my shoes on," and they're walking upstairs, and he finishes her sentence, and you're like, "Oh, so is he gonna go in there? Is that big elaborate room? No, that room doesn't exist." Goes in and says, "I found Toulon's thing." Yeah. Okay. So they make it downstairs, and there's a reprise of the dinner scene because you have our villain who is. What did you guys think of the villain in this movie? Is a Gallagher choice. First off, uh, I, I thought the actor did a terrible job. <laughs> My opinion. <laughs> uh, he was not intimidating at all. And uh, yeah, he just, you know, he was a little too eccentric. And I didn't find him at all scary. Yeah, I thought he was kind of goofy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, goofy. Uh, I found him to be kind of pointless. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, just kind of like a pointless uh, villain. And so he's he's alive. And he gives this really convoluted explanation as to how he's alive. So essentially, he finds the secret to being the puppet master, right? Kills himself, 
like Toulon does, but resurrects himself. Nope, plot hole. Because I was thinking the same thing. Like, man, if you killed yourself, who brings you back? Actually, I think it's explained at the end, now that I think about it. Oh, yeah. I just got it, too, yeah. Yeah. How so? Um, Well, his wife. His wife did Oh, right, right. She did. I think she was in on it the whole time. Yeah, because she... brings the dog back at the end. She brings the dog back, so she's the puppet master. It makes so little sense that even seeing the end of the movie, you're still like, what the fuck did I just watch? (laughs) Yeah, and if you're not paying attention at the end of the movie, you'll miss it. And still, don't know that that's actually what happened, but it's the only plausible thing I can think of. But I'm I'm confused about it, too, because... She could have just learned the power of the puppet master afterwards as well. She could have. So, yeah, and I mean, she I think could have been controlling him way. the whole time. Possible, but why did she let Beethoven live then? It must have been she the She liked hair. his hair. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I can't kill that guy. Did you see how useless he is? Yeah. So, we get some uh, weird stuff going on. He starts explaining how he killed himself and um, all of that good jazz, right? And um, starts bringing in the, showing the rest of the people. And the puppets are all surrounding the dead bodies. You see the dead bodies of basically all of the victims. And he starts explaining his plot, which was to lure them there so he could kill them because they would be the only ones that could sense him. But aren't there other psychics in the world, probably? Yeah, but I feel like uh, it's slightly explained that they have a connection because of uh, him bringing them together and then like going on this quest to find this puppet master. I, I'm stretching here, but I'm, I think that that's what they're alluding to. Yes, that's what it seems like, yes. So we have... Um, I'm having a lot of problems right now because (laughs) if we go by the facet that she brought him back, was she bringing him back for evil because she totally is trying to save Beethoven when he's beating the shit out of him? Yeah. And he's totally beating the shit out of her too, like throwing her around and stuff. So it's like, I'm confused by this now. <laughs> so we take it on face value uh, that he brought himself back, like he says he did. Yeah. Um, then, and so that he's all to blame on it, we still run into other problems, which is, first of all, we find out that Alex, our hero, that we've been forced to follow this whole time. Because it's not like we willfully followed Alex <laughs> anywhere. But he just gets the shit beat out of him. He's like worthless. She's, he's just like punching the shit out of him. But at this time, he throws the puppet down. Yep. And he starts being mean to the puppets. So yeah. the puppets Fatal. start to turn against him. Bad call. They realize, hey, this guy's not cool. And uh, the jester sees him start hitting the woman. And then punching the crap out of Beethoven, and he's like, look, turns and looks at Blade like, yeah. I don't like this. And Blade gives, him the, Blade gives him the nod. I We've been what. duped. Yeah. 
So the puppets end up. So Beethoven finally gets a couple hits in, then traps him in the elevator. Yeah. Throws him in the elevator, and then Pinhead traps him in the elevator. Yeah. Then once Pinhead has him trapped in the elevator, the rest of the puppets attack, which is the only kill we see on screen. Yeah. Uh, also, by the way, uh, there's a point when uh, Screwball. That's what I'm going to call him. What's his name? Tunneler? The Tunneler, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we'll go with Screwball. So it's when Screwball like goes into it's his, not his name. and then comes back out, and it's like perfectly clean. I Yeah, I hated that too. Yeah. I was like, guys. Like, they cut his fingers off, and he's squirting green goo, and then the next time you see his fingers squirting stuff, it's like clear liquid. Yeah, <laughs> but I was like, man, you couldn't have... You couldn't have thrown some green on that guy. You know what I mean? Or red, yeah, something black. He just threw something on it because he looks just kind of like he's uh he just like perfectly clean. Yeah. Throws him down. So yeah, he gets tunneled in his leg. He gets tunneled in his neck. He gets leeches put in his mouth. He gets the shit punched out of him by uh, Pinhead, and he gets hooked by Blade. So all of the main puppets have their uh, their time to shine when they kill this guy, yeah. which is the best kill in the movie because it's the only one we see. Yeah. Yep. And it turns out they're anti-villains the entire time. Yeah, I mean they are. They are anti-heroes essentially. They we find out that well, I mean it's alluded to when Talon says um, basically under his care they're harmless, and but under the wrong supervision, they could be made to do evil. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's whoever your puppet master is. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. They, they kind of take on the personality of their... Of the puppet master. master. Yeah. And so since Gallagher was a evil D-bag, they take on the ability to be evil. Yeah. Um, so the, which brings us to the ending, um, which now we have a lot of questions about... Like, was she the puppet master the whole time? Uh, or did she become the puppet master reading Toulon's book? Um, I think it was just a scroll. Yeah, the scroll of it. Well, I mean, it's not hard to become the puppet master. You really have to go, Well, not only that, but uh, apparently um, Ancient Egyptian is a course that everybody takes in the high school that they went to. Because... <laughs> Everybody can read it in this uh, yeah. in this movie. It's hieroglyphics, man. It's just I, hieroglyphics of Adam Sandler going, uh, hibbidi-bibbidi. <laughs> <laughs> oh so God. then we get, a, what's, I mean, it's interesting that she brings the dog back, but it's kind of a weak ending because it just kind of comes out, of, like it's just kind of, there's no resolution. It's just like, well, I know everybody just died, but I'll, and I'll see you later. Bye, Alex. And he leaves, and then she's just like, come on. And the dog goes up the stairs and just abruptly cuts. Yeah. Uh, and that was Puppet Master. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to end our, our uh, review part segment just as abruptly by just saying, and then it is. Yes. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Thoughts on Puppet Master? Start with uh, you, Derek. So, I 
full disclosure, I have not seen all 15 movies. <laughs> but uh, just watching this one, uh, I, I think that it could have been prime for, and I think you made a, a mention, you and I were talking, um, not on this podcast, uh, it would be prime for a reboot, I think. Because I think the story, especially the beginning of it, was really good. And like the basic premise of it is a pretty good one. Now, the storytelling that fulfilled the, the movie was real weak. And uh, just the, obviously, the, the deaths and things like that were, were poorly executed. But uh, I think that there are crumbs there to make this a really good movie. I just don't feel like they executed it very well. So they made a remake of this, a, a <clears throat> reboot, uh, yeah. essentially in a different timeline. Yeah. Uh, in 2018, Fangoria. Fangoria Pictures made one uh, starring uh, Thomas Lennon. Uh, and it's it's fun. It's called The Little, Littlest Reich. It's yeah. crazy and uh, insane and slightly offensive and gory. It's a, it's a fun uh, watch it sometime. We'll review like it sometime. a good time, yeah. Lydia. Good to see that one. Yeah, I didn't know that. I was going to say the same thing, actually. Um, I, me and Jake were watching it last night, and I was like, why don't they, like, make, you know, like, remake this? Like, something that needs remade. It definitely, like like you said, the story isn't fully there, but, they, I mean, let's, let's, you know, make it a little bit more modern or something and put a good story in there. And the puppets, like, leave them the same. You know, the, the music, I just want to point out the music in this movie. Oh. I like it's some kind of nostalgia for me. Like, yeah. I don't know what. What do you guys? How I love the music. I love the music in this movie. Uh, when I, the little, the little opening uh, music bit uh, during the credits is awesome. Yeah. And the re reoccurring motif that they use is really good too. That little, that little uh, theme, basically the puppet master theme. I yeah. really yeah. liked. And it was definitely like if you if you knew didn't see anything of this movie you just heard the um you know the lyric like the the musical score that goes to it mm -hmm. you would know what era it came from and i yeah. thought that was part of the the nostalgia feeling because i felt it as well when i uh when i heard it i'm like oh yeah this reminds me of the 80s. yeah really yeah the 90s. great great stuff um which was the greatest time in history <laughs> well at least move as far as movies are concerned yeah. Uh, with civil rights and equality, we had some ways to go. <laughs> Still, but... I agree. But um, no, I uh, also really enjoyed this movie. Uh, or enjoy. I think the concept is great. They, I mean, the concept is strong enough that they've made fifteen of these things. Yeah. So it's still going. There's a new one coming out uh, this year, a, a, a prequel bit uh, called Blade: The Iron Cross. So it's a, a Blade spinoff. Oh, man, I got to watch uh, The Iron Reek. Oh, oh, the the, uh, the uh, Littlest Reich? The Littlest Reich, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is the that? Iron Reek? <laughs> is that like a stinky piece of iron? <laughs> <laughs> the Littlest Reich. Are you trying to say I The know. Iron Sheik? <laughs> Maybe. For those wrestling fans. Listen, Bubba! For our wrestling fans out there. Yeah. Uh, man, there was something I was going to mention that you, you hit on and now I lost my train of thought. Um, maybe it'll come back to me. But yeah, the, uh, 
the, the but the story for this one, yeah, is weak for sure. Like it's it just doesn't hold um to the scrutiny that it should, I suppose. Like there the concept is there, but they didn't quite hadn't figured it out yet. So the movie yeah. kind of pads out for a long time. Yeah. What I think would have helped it, um is honestly more characters just because then we could have more kills since the characters were uninteresting and the story wasn't as interesting we could have at least had some peripheral characters being killed so we would at least be experiencing something as opposed yeah. to beethoven telling us about his psychic abilities yeah well i mean and even if they would have like elaborated on the kills that they had mm. would have made an impact on this movie and I think would have, uh, at least for me, would have, you know, I, I know what I'm going to give it as far as a pumpkins count, but, uh, you know, that really was a, de as a horror movie, and as a horror fan, that was a big detriment to this movie. Okay. So, why don't we just, why don't we give it its pumpkin count real fast? Um, let's start with you, Derek, since you were the last one talking, and I get to decide who goes first. It's you. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I'm gonna give it a four. This is my lowest, I think, of all the movies we reviewed. You've given like three movies fours, Derek. I have not. I just looked at it. Now I got to go back to it because I forget. <laughs> I've not get. I've given uh, three, two movies fives. Five point eight and five point five. Jesus Christ! <laughs> so you think this is worse than all of the other movies we've watched? Uh, yeah. You picked yeah. this movie. You did oh, pick this movie. Well, and like I said, it, it, it has the foundation. It just did not... It's going to be a lame analogy. It just didn't build the house, man. It uh, The off-screen kills like really hurt this movie. I think that it's a great concept. And I wanted to love it. But I don't. Lydia. Um, I think I'm going to give it a five, actually. Um... I love puppets and I love stop motion and this movie gave me both of those and I'm like I mean that's almost a 10 for me if it wasn't for you know a couple other problems <laughs> like the rest of the movie <laughs> like the rest of the movie and like I mean the leech the leech woman takes like takes five notches down that's it just the leech woman <laughs> I will also give this movie five. I give this movie five out of ten, ten pumpkins as well. Um, I enjoy it. I think it's fun. I had a fun time watching it. So I don't think this is, I think uh, technically a movie like Pet Cemetery or the remake of The Fog are technical better movies. But I was just as bored with, I was more bored with them than I was this one. Even though yeah. there's parts of this that dragged. I was still having a good time watching it. Yeah. Um, if the story was better and it had better leads, better actors, and better characters, uh, if the characters were better, I would probably give this movie a seven because yeah. the, I think the stop motion effects are really strong. Yeah. And I think the, the puppet designs are next level excellent. I mean, if we're just going based off uh, monster designs, I would give this a 10. So I think yeah. the puppets are excellent. I completely agree. Derek, you talked about uh, asking us a question earlier today about the puppets. Did I? 
Yeah, okay, I'll just do it. I was setting you up. Yeah, go for it. It was your idea. Derek wanted us to uh, each oh, yeah, rate, yeah, no, give our, uh, our favorite puppet. Yeah. So we'll start with you, Lydia. What? Who is your favorite puppet? Jester. Why? I just like his face. <laughs> Good answer. I like all of his faces. Derek, who's your I'm favorite? Gonna, I'm going to go with Leech. No! <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I knew I was going to get a reaction out of you, Lydia. <laughs> uh, man, I, I, I like Blade. He was the most compelling of them. But I see why you liked uh, the gesture. He was fun. I liked him a lot, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my favorite is also Blade. I think Blade is one of the, like, upper echelon horror characters like he's yeah his design is awesome he looks he's got the cool hat the cool wispy white hair he's got the mm. pale face um he's can be terrifying but he also is super cool yeah yeah and, like, he really yeah. is and i mean like just he's on like all the covers almost right he's so, the only puppet to appear in all 15 movies yes and he i mean like if you're he walking, is puppet master i don't People might not know about this, but when you walked into a movie store, you know, Ooh. we talk about this all the time, like the movie store effect of of seeing the cover. Mm-hmm. You see that puppet first and you're like, what is this? I have to see what this is about. This, yes. Is this good? Like, you have to watch it just because of his face. So- yeah, he, he's got a very eye-catching uh, design and his, his performance is really fun, too. The, the yeah. quirkiness they gave, gave him. Mm-hmm. And he's just an awesome character design, and one of the one of my personal favorites uh, uh, in just horrordom in general. I was at a toy store last year or so, maybe maybe it was before the pandemic or maybe right around, and they had the puppets from Puppet Master, like uh. like uh, full size. Oh my god! And I saw Blade, and I wanted him so bad. They were like two hundred dollars. Uh, oh boy but i saw them and i took a picture of them and i sent them to sarah my wife and uh she said you were not bringing those home <laughs> <laughs> she lets me have my michael myers and such over here but she draws a line at uh, reanimated puppets i guess <laughs> that's hilarious so you know what time we gotta it is. play our our game yeah it's time to agonize Pumpkin ma- or, oh my uh, God. Puppet Masters. So, Lydia, <laughs> do you want to start or do you want Derek to start? Oh, yeah, I haven't I haven't given it any thought yet. So go ahead, Derek. Who would Tom Atkins play in Derek Lemaster's Puppet Master? Beethoven. Totally, he would have made what? this movie alone. He would have probably raised it like three pumpkins. Man, he really would have though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is that who you're going with too, Lydia? No, I'm gonna say ponytail guy. He also would have been. <laughs> that would have made yeah. more sense to me. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he could totally be because I mean, he the ladies can't get enough of him. Right. But I would have to go with Derek as well as for Beethoven, just for the simple fact that the one chick already hits on him. You know that the wife is wanting to bang him. So if it's Tom Atkins, that's believable. Yeah, for sure. I just had a crazy thought. What if... <laughs> this just came to me. What if Tom Atkins was Ponytail Guy, but um, what... Um, 
shoot, what's his name? I didn't put it together fast enough. Uh, from the Fog remake. Tom oh, uh, Tom Welling. Tom Welling was Beethoven. Well, then it just <laughs> Beethoven would be just as boring as he is in this one. <laughs> he can still, but he can still be boring. Like that's just his character. Well, I think he needs to be agonized. I think Beethoven needs to be uh, Tom Atkins because then he'd have a cool mustache. He would not have Beethoven hair. He would have Atkins hair. And he'd be drinking beer the whole time. And the puppets would come and he'd be like, what the fuck is this shit? And he'd like... <laughs> he wouldn't pump. care. <laughs> would, would he have gone to bed with the White Witch? Well, yeah. Yeah. But it wouldn't have, sure. it wouldn't have like scramped his style. Wouldn't have, have slowed him down one bit. No, he would have yeah. done it. Then he still would have been in the same place. So that way, what's her face <laughs> can knock on his door and be like, let me get my shoes on. She's probably wanting to take me upstairs to bang. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Even though I had the premonitions. Ah, well, we know what she's really wanting. Hey, those are more like, uh, you know, an outline of what could happen. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So Puppet Master. Uh, that was an interesting pick, Derek. I enjoyed, I had fun watching it. Yeah, and no, no children died. Well. No so children died. Broke our, uh, Derek our broke our uh, kid killing streak. I mean, it was that... <laughs> It was it was going pretty. I mean, it wasn't quite a streak because there was a movie in between. Like, no kids died in both of the fogs. Right. But they definitely died in, you know, oh, both pet cemeteries, and the blob. And so, yeah, you know why I picked this movie? Why? Uh, it was uh, not too long ago on Facebook. Someone had like posted a horror collage. Um, maybe it was you. I don't know who it was, but. Uh, and it was just like a, a collage of all the different like horror genres. And I just happened to pick out the, the puppets in like one of the lower corners. And I was like, oh, man, I haven't seen that movie in forever. That's right. actually what led me to choose that movie was that horror collage that I saw on Facebook. Well, I'm glad you saw it. So, guys, it's time to pick next week's movie. And it's my turn, mm -hmm. right? Yep, let's do it. And I've been giving it some thought. It's been between a couple of different movies. Um, I've been juggling them around. And I think we're going to do Wes Craven's People Under the Stairs. Yay! You're a fool. Confetti, fireworks. So tune in next week when we review Wes Craven's 1990s horror film, People Under the Stairs. Until then, for Lydia Judy and Derek Lamaster, I'm Jamie Hiles. And remember, if you're going to scream, scream, scream bloody, bloody movies. movies. We nailed it! Good night, folks. <laughs>